0: Tortoise.
1: Hello, I'm Tomini and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, after his victory in New Hampshire last week, it looks almost certain that Donald Trump will win the race to become the Republican Party's presidential candidate. How did he see off his rivals? That's after a short break.
3: Well, I want to thank everybody. This is a fantastic state. This is a great, great state. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now. Three. Three. We win it every time. We win the primary. We win the generals. We've won it. And it's a very, very special
1: place to me. It's very important. Last week, Donald Trump emerged victorious in the presidential primary election in the state of New Hampshire. He defeated Nikki Haley, his last standing rival for the Republican Party nomination, by 11 points. And a week before that, he also won in Iowa. Donald Trump has begun the Republican race for the White House with a landslide victory in the party's Iowa caucuses. The former president beat the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, and the former U.S. ambassador, Nikki Haley. In the US presidential election calendar, the votes in Iowa and New Hampshire are always ones to watch. They are the first states to hold these votes, and the results are seen as a good indicator of the race to come. For Donald Trump, victory in Iowa and New Hampshire is a very good sign. So it's looking more and more likely that November's presidential election will be the rematch almost nobody wants, Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. But this time last year, Donald Trump had a much narrower lead, and he was facing stiff competition from rivals like Ron DeSantis. So, how did he turn his chances around? Donald Trump came into this race with a big advantage. He's been president before. He's also got brand recognition and brand loyalty that the other candidates can only dream of. Here's one Trump voter speaking to the BBC after the New Hampshire vote.
0: Trump's opponents are pulling up all the stops to stop him uh, because he stands up to the ruling class. Uh, But I knew he was going to come out on top because he engenders such fierce loyalty, people filling up hockey readers, people filling up other venues, people crawling over broken glass to vote for the man, people not ordinarily into politics that become fiercely loyal to him overnight.
1: People know who and what they're getting with Donald Trump. And for millions, that's exactly what they want. This is also Donald Trump's third presidential election campaign. So he's got a well-oiled machine of pollsters, fundraisers and other seasoned political campaigners behind him. And from the get-go, Donald Trump has been using his campaign to put down his rivals. The problem with Ron
3: sanctimonious is that he needs a personality transplant, and those are not yet
1: available. Name-calling might not be the most elegant tactic, but it does seem to have been persuasive. Ron DeSantis left the race after coming second in Iowa. Nikki Haley, who's still in it, came third. But the biggest boost for Donald Trump has probably come thanks to the dozens of criminal charges he's facing across the United States. There's been wall-to-wall, non-stop media coverage of the indictments and the court cases, keeping the former president on TV and in the headlines. After pleading not guilty to charges of election interference at a court in Washington, D.C. last August, Donald Trump told the media that he was being persecuted.
3: When you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very
1: much, His claim that corrupt prosecutors are going after him has fired up his base over and over again. He told a rally in Alabama last year that the court cases are helping his numbers.
3: Every time they file an indictment, we go way up in the polls. We need one more indictment to close out this election, one more indictment and this election is closed out nobody has
1: even a chance against all that it's been tough for the other republican candidates to cut through we'll have more after the break
0: in the market for investment-worthy bags watches and fine jewelry rebag is the answer
1: Donald Trump isn't yet the Republican nominee. His last rival, Nikki Haley, says her campaign isn't over.
0: New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go.
1: Donald Trump used his victory speech to mock her. She was up and
3: I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't
1: win. She lost. It's probably only a matter of time before Nikki Haley drops out. But Donald Trump would prefer it if she went sooner rather than later. And at least on that point, there are some Democrats who agree with him. They want November's election to be a contest between Trump and Biden. Jen Psaki, Joe Biden's former press secretary, explained the strategy on NBC News.
0: This is counterintuitive to what normally happens. Normally, you want the Republicans to fight it out and spend money. They want to run against Trump because they feel that is the best contrast to be drawn. There's a feeling that if
1: Donald Trump secures the Republican nomination, it will fire up Joe Biden's supporters and galvanize all those voters who want anyone but Trump in the White House. But it could be a risky strategy. Donald Trump stands every chance of winning against Joe Biden. And that could be disastrous for American democracy. In a recent video message, Donald Trump set out how he'd gut the U.S. government from top to bottom. The departments and agencies that have been
3: weaponized will be completely overhauled so that faceless bureaucrats will never again be able to target and persecute conservatives, Christians, or the left's political enemies, which they're doing now at a level that nobody can believe. We will launch a major crackdown on government leakers who collude with the fake news to deliberately weave false narratives and to subvert our government
1: and our democracy. Campaigning in New Hampshire, he called Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban and North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un fine people and said it was nice to have a strong man running your country. There's a lot at stake at November's presidential election. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written by Ella Hill and mixed by Emmy Harper.
0: Tortoise.
4: I'm Afwa
2: Hirsch. I'm Peter Frankopan.
4: And in our podcast, Legacy, we explore the lives of some of the biggest characters in history.
2: This season, we're exploring the life of Cleopatra.
4: An iconic life, full of romances, sieges and tragedy. But who was the real Cleopatra? It feels like her story's been told by others with their own agenda for centuries.
2: But her legacy is enduring. And so we're going to dive into how her story has evolved all the way up to today.
4: I am so excited to talk about Cleopatra, Peter. Love Cleopatra. She is an icon.